0: Hi, I'm Dr. Patricia Grubarek. And I'm Dr. Katina Sawyer. And welcome to Thriving at Work, a Worker Being podcast. You can learn more about us on our website, workerbeing.com, or on social, or
1: you can support our community. You can find more details about our community at workerbeing.com slash
0: community. So today, we are going to t- be talking about how to become more hopeful at work. And um, this is... An important topic, especially in the last couple of years, hope is one of the most highly searched terms on the Internet uh, for obvious reasons um, during the course of the mm-hmm. pandemic. But hope is actually a topic that's been studied really widely in the psychological literature, even outside of psychology and sociology, um, anthropology, theology, philosophy. There are tons of disciplines that have studied hope over time and uh, it can actually be really useful to grow your hope and leverage it in the workplace.
1: I'm excited to talk about that. I know we've talked about hope before and we have some content about hope on the site. So I am excited to hear more about what you have to share hope-wise today.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so uh, to that end, I am going to be going through three takeaways today one I think we're going to spend the bulk of time on which answers the question and then two that I think are really important for driving home why you might want to grow your hopefulness at work so the three takeaways for today that we're going to break down the first one which could be intriguing based on how people generally think about hope is that hope is a set of actions and not just a feeling so we're going to be talking about how you can take action to become more hopeful, and to infuse your work with hope. The second is that hoping is healthy. So some people might think that hope is a fool's errand, I guess you would say, that hope (laughs) can sometimes be a bad thing if you're in a circumstance that's really bleak. But actually, hoping generally is very healthy for you. And then the last, which is very relevant to a workplace context, Hope actually makes you a better performer at work. So we're going to talk about why those two last things are true so that you can really understand what you need to do from point one, how to take action to put hope in play in your work life. Awesome. That sounds great.
1: I'm really excited to hear more about those takeaways. I think there's a lot that's unique to hope in the way that it's researched. I know we've... Um, you and I have talked about that a lot, how it's just such an interesting concept in the research compared to what it actually means like in the lay world and how people talk about hope. And there's obviously overlap, but I think it's really a a good nuanced topic that we can kind of break down a bit and go into some details that we can figure out exactly how we can be more hopeful, um, especially in situations that are difficult.
0: Yeah. So before we dive into the details of the takeaways, um, I am curious uh, what you have hoped the most for over the last year or so as we've been kind of challenged with a lot going on. Oh, that is a good question. What have I hoped for?
1: Honestly, and this is... do is it have to be work-related, I guess, the no. first question? No, okay. it can be <laughs> anything. I feel like everyone probably is in the same boat as me, but I've, I really have hoped that we've been able to get past this world crisis and come out the other end better and my hopes are being slashed i think left and right no with things that are happening you know i know there's maybe another omicron whatever secret omicron variant and uh everything that's been going on in the ukraine like there's a lot of things that make me feel like oh no we may not be in a better place after this all sort of wraps up. So, that's been my hope and that's super depressing, so that sucks. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, but actually, um hope is something that is most likely to arise under more bleak circumstances. If we were in a circumstance where nothing needed to be changed, people wouldn't need to be hopeful, right? So, it makes sure. sense that you're starting from a place of saying, well, you know, continually it feels like we're facing these challenges and these They seem insurmountable at times, but that's actually when you need hope the most because otherwise things could just become completely overwhelming and debilitating and we definitely don't want that.
1: So beyond my geopolitical answer about (laughs) hope and what I've been hoping for, what about
0: you? What have you been hoping for? I think just to take a different, maybe a different angle on it, I was thinking about that I have hoped for more time Like, I think something that's been really challenging is that it seemed like because we were all and have continued to be, you know, trapped in our houses, more or less, (laughs) it seems like time would be just something that we had immense amounts of. But it felt like the time was so, like, stressful and And it was impossible and continues to be really hard not to be preoccupied with everything that's going on. And then, you know, we didn't really ever take time to pause as a society to recognize what we've been through in a way that would allow us to collectively really take a break that seems appropriate for what's been going on. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I hope that there's more time to do fun stuff and relax and gain back some of what we've missed from a social perspective instead of just continuing in some of the patterns that I think we had beforehand and didn't seem to really fix during this time period either. I like that. I think that's a good one because yeah
1: everyone's been mentally exhausted and drained and it's been a, it's been so hard and so time has not been as unlimited as it's as in theory we would think it would be. Um, So I do hope that too. I'm with you. I hope that we can get to a place where we have time that we're using more effectively because we're not having to baby and nurse our mental exhaustion as much.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, So on that note, I think it would be good for us to probably start talking about what hope is and get into this first point, if that's okay, which is, That hope is a set of actions and not just a feeling because if we want more time or we want to be able to move past or try to overcome some of the hardships that we continue to experience, we're going to need to do something about it. And doing something about it is actually a part of what hope is. And so just to unpack this a little bit for folks who are listening, because I think that a lot of the time we think about hope as being an emotion, something that you feel kind of like a wish, right? Like, I just really hope that this comes true, but it doesn't actually need to spur you to take any kind of action. It can just be kind of a, oh, I hope for this, and then you never do anything about Mm -hmm. it. But the reality is that in the research and in the literature that shows that hope is good for you and makes you a better performer, as I'm going to talk about, hope actually requires you to do stuff. And not just feel stuff, which is what makes it different than a wish, which wishing doesn't have much to do with anything positive in the workplace, but hoping does. So there are tons of different definitions if you go look in the literature, like I mentioned, across all different literatures, people have talked about hope from like the beginning of when people started writing philosophical works, hope was included um, as something that they talked about. So for as long as there has been hardship, there have been people who have been talking about hope. And generally people think of hope as having some emotional and some sort of cognitive components. So it's both a way of thinking and a way of feeling that sort of combine to impact the way that you behave to sort of make your future come about or not. Um, So it's pretty complicated, I think, compared to what a lot of people think of when they think of hoping. But if you sort of step back and kind of conceptualize or think about all of the different forms that hoping takes, like when people like, if you think about people like joining hands and, and, closing their eyes and hoping for something like that's a social thing that makes people feel something, but they're also sort of putting forth an energy towards, okay, and what can we do as a collective to make this happen? Or what can I do as an individual to make this happen? So when you think about it, it does make sense because generally hope, sort of serves as a motivator for people to do things or connect or share ideas or try to figure out ways to get out of a current situation. But I guess we just don't always take time to really think about it in depth what it is.
1: Yeah, I'd like to break that down a little bit further just so that we fully understand it. But it sounds like from what you just like defined right there is hope is there's an emotional piece, there's a cognitive piece. So you feel something with hope. You're also thinking about something with hope right?
0: Yeah. And so those two things combine basically make hope a motivational state. So when you Mm -hmm. feel something positive and you're thinking positive thoughts, you are more likely to want to do something or take action. And so hope is a motivational state. It's sort of like a pre-action state um, that then sparks this hope process, which is, I have this energy towards what I want to do. So because I'm feeling hopeful about the future and thinking hopeful thoughts about the future, it imbues me with this energy to sort of take action towards my goals. And then the second part, which is the part I don't think people often associate with hope but is crucial, is actually forming pathways to meet your goals. So. You have this motivation from these thoughts and feelings about like, hey, things that I want to come true in the future are possible. And now I'm actually going to go set out to make plans to achieve those possibilities. And all of that is part of the process of hoping, both coming up with these pathways and trying to go down these pathways to get to your goals um, and maintaining that motivation to do so, even if you're facing some challenges, which is likely given you're in a circumstance that requires hope. Okay. So let me think of an example. So if
1: I am, I'm an employee and I want a promotion and I'm really like, it's, you know, a lot of people haven't been promoted lately. Um, but I know that I've been doing really good work. So I'm hoping I'll get this promotion. So that's step step one is I'm having this hope. And so now I'm motivated to work towards the promotion and figure out what to do. So what I would do is all right, I want this promotion. Let me talk to my boss. Let me talk to my boss about what I'm going to like, why I deserve this promotion. And so when I'm building these pathways, I'll be like, well, my one thing I could do is talk to my boss and make the business case. So I'll write a business case. If that doesn't work, here's like, maybe my promotion is an external promotion. So here are some job types of jobs I'd want to start looking for in case I can't get this promotion here at my current employer. Um, And then maybe there's a third pathway that's uh, maybe I don't get the promotion this year, but I create a plan for what to do next year. Yeah.
0: Would that be right? Yeah. So I appreciate what you're doing coming up with the multiple pathways because that's crucial. Um, Almost always when you're hoping for something, it's something that's difficult or you would just do it. Right. You wouldn't need hope. So you need to have. Plans A, B, C, and D in order for you to continue to feel motivated. Because if you feel like, oh, well, I asked my boss, my boss said no. And now I just lost all hope that I'll ever get promoted and I'm no longer motivated to try. That's a low hoping person. That person's not demonstrating hope because they're giving up when the first door is closed. But to be a high hoping person, you need to continue to have. Um, you know, the belief that your goals are possible and that it's just that you have to find the right way to get there. So it's not that your goal is impossible if a pathway doesn't work. It's that, oh, I haven't just tried the right pathway. So high hopers will keep generating more pathways like you just did to say, okay, well, if my boss says no, then maybe I can find a job somewhere else with the same title. And if that doesn't work, then maybe I can ask my boss for feedback about why they said no. And if i can get some feedback about that then i can make an action plan for trying to be in a better place next year for this promotion or maybe there's someone above my boss that is a mentor to me that i can ask for advice or whatever the case may be so you you are continuing to generate these pathways because you're not seeing a closed door in one of those pathways as a sign that this is impossible you're seeing it as a sign that that didn't work, but something else is going to work because I know that this is something that I can do.
1: It makes me think of salespeople. So I work with a lot of people in sales and I feel like they're, they have to be high hopers in so many ways, right? Like otherwise they would just give up every time an opportunity falls through. But what I see them do is they will be like, okay, um, so let's just say I'm trying to sell, I don't know ice cream to companies to have in their break rooms I, I don't know why that's the idea that came <laughs> into my brain but that is so I'm I really be like your seller. new business <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an ice cream seller now um and so let's say like my dream client is for um a big retailer like Nordstrom to have my ice cream in their break rooms so I go to Nordstrom and I'm like hey like I have this really cool thing where I provide ice cream to employees in break rooms. And they're like, "Mm, I don't know. We don't know if we need that. And so then I start thinking about like, well, what else could we do? How else can I provide ice cream to their employees? Is there a different way to do that? Maybe ice cream is a terrible 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 (laughs) example now that i'm going down this path
0: i'm just no okay keep hoping for that your ice cream (laughs) business i have hope for you that your ice cream business will turn out just fine i feel like i need a better i'm gonna rewind rewind right, that example is terrible okay
1: so now instead what i'm selling to nordstrom is a software system wow that, that really took a turn a very, <laughs> but i'm more familiar in this space so i can kind of make the example better um, i don't know how to sell ice cream clearly um so okay So I'm a salesperson. I'm going to Nordstrom. Like, we have this software that's going to help solve your um, hiring problems. We know that you aren't getting enough people to apply to jobs. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in and sell you the software. And it's going to help you bring more candidates into your flow. And they're like, no, actually, what we really, we don't care as much about that. Like, it's not that big of a problem. And then if I'm a high hoping salesperson, I would then say, I would start thinking, well, what else can Nordstrom maybe do? Because I really, like they're my dream client. I want Nordstrom to buy for me. And I'm hoping that they do. I know it's maybe not a perfect fit all the time, but there's got to be another way. And so then now I'm like, here's a new use case. Maybe the same software can help you retain employees. And they're like, oh, maybe retention. But you know what? We really care more about like growing and developing our team. And they're like, well, okay, so now what about the software for that use case? So they like find different ways that what they have can maybe fit into that sales, right? That, yes. That's That sale that they're doing. And I feel like I see that all the time with salespeople. They'll come at what their guess is for the person that they're selling to. And then once they kind of learn more, they're like, well, these are other angles that maybe will work better and find their way in. They use all these pathways to find the sale. Um, yeah.
0: So- a good salesperson would have to be high-hoping. Yeah, I would think so. And I mean, even if Nordstrom said, "I don't know if I want to buy a software system from this lady that just tried to sell me <laughs> ice cream," from <laughs> I don't know how much she knows. Probably about smart software on systems. their part. <laughs> you yeah, could still sh- find another way. Um, <laughs> no, but I do. I do think you're right. Um, so there are a lot of professions where rejection. Is commonplace. And in those professions where you're facing a lot of closed doors, like repeated closed doors, right? You would certainly expect that people would need to have more pathways and maintain motivation to keep trying because if they were just like, Oh no, Nordstrom said, no, they're not interested and left and they just did that every single time. Someone gave them an initial no, then they would have way smaller, you know, list of clients than if they continue to engage and try to think creatively about it. So yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right. That that makes perfect sense. Um, and I also think that, you know, there's, Another piece of this, which is really important, um, which is that you need both of these things, not just the pathways generation, but also the energy and the motivation to keep going. So... Just like you were saying in your uh, piece where if the pathways keep getting closed down, um, you find new pathways. That's definitely true. But you also need to be able to maintain this energy. So hopefulness also requires this like positive reinforcement of the belief that things are going to turn out. So it's both like the idea that I just like feel like this is going to work out. I I believe that this is going to happen and that motivates me to keep doing that pathway generation. So like what helps you to come up with ideas in the face of the no is this like I just think that this is a possibility so you need both of those things together in order to have hopefulness
1: that makes sense that makes a lot of sense so we've talked about hope takes actions right because those are those pathways so that's that's kind of what you're getting at with that takeaway yes correct
0: um so the takeaway is that if you think being hopeful is just like I wish for this that's not gonna. That's not hope. Number one, and that's not gonna help you. If you want to be hopeful, be a hopeful person, and reap the benefits that I'm going to talk about in a second, you really have to have a strong belief that what might seem really difficult, challenging, or even impossible is possible. To give you the energy to plan for these pathways, and then you need to come up with a bunch of plans and contingency plans that you keep trying and uh, and tinkering with until you get to a place where. It does come true that you get to your goal. And there are some things that are going to take a long time. I mean, people can be hopeful towards something for years, right? Um, So it's not that – and some things that you hope for won't come true, right? And that's also a reality. But the idea is that you, in life, generally tend to do better if you have a high hopeful mentality. And you achieve more if you have a high hopeful mentality – because you're willing to maintain that energy in those pathways compared to people who would have a an inclination just to take the first no and walk away
1: okay that makes a lot of sense to me I think the walking through (laughs) the ice cream (laughs) slash software example helped kind of solidify that
0: yeah so let's go to the second two points which is okay hope is a set of actions but it is kind of challenging right to maintain this motivation and to keep coming up with pathways when doors are closing so why would we want to do that so the second takeaway is that hoping is really healthy for you so meta-analyses by reichert and colleagues um, which actually looked at how hope helps individuals at work showed that hope across a whole bunch of studies was really strongly related to a lot of things that determine well-being so first of all people who are high on hoping tend to be more satisfied with their jobs and this is because they use the energy that they have to believe that better environments are possible to actually make their environments better so a high hoping person wouldn't go into a workplace that has a bunch of stuff wrong with it that's really depressing and upsetting and just say, oh, well, I guess there's nothing we can do to change it. While certainly no person can change everything in their workplace and we don't want to make it seem like individuals are responsible for being in bad workplaces themselves, um, a high hoper would look at least to change the things they could to make the environment better A little bit better, at least, compared to someone who doesn't believe it's possible to make it better and wouldn't try those pathways to do so. And so they tend to be slightly, slightly happier than those who are low hopers because they've actually taken some steps to improve on some of the things that might not be as satisfying.
1: So is that the actual like what they actually found? Um, I know it's a meta-analysis that you're talking about, but is it a like making their environment better or is it that if I'm also a high hoper? I know better workplaces are out there. Maybe my, one of my pathways is just to find a better.
0: Job. Yeah. And that's possible. They, uh, they provided these like theoretical explanations based on the, uh, papers that they synthesized of why people believe that people that have high hope have higher job satisfaction, but they didn't actually measure like job crafting in this. So yeah, it could, it could be that they've actually found better jobs. Um, and, uh, and they did talk a little bit about that in this next thing, which is related, which is affective organizational commitment, which is a feeling of like emotional connection to your organization. High hopers tend to be more emotionally connected to their organizations. And they did talk in the article about how that could possibly be because they seek out organizations that have similar values, uh, cultures, and could also be high-hoping organizations themselves um, to actually like have a org fit. Um, but also because people who are higher in hoping, hope has that positive emotional component to it, right? And so people who are higher on positive emotions tend to just feel happier. And so mm-hmm. they might just generally be happier with their workplaces. But they did talk a little bit, there about seeking out organizations that are a particularly good fit for people like them might be something related. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I would be curious for one day to kind of unpack that deeper um, because I do think that there's probably something about what high-hoping individuals do to get themselves in specific situations. Um, and you did kind of tease a little thing for maybe a future episode about organizational hope that... yeah. Hope can, Can happen at a bigger,
0: bigger scale than just an individual person, which is interesting. Yes, it can. We won't go into that too much. No. (laughs) Yeah. But hope can definitely happen at the collective level, um, but it operates a little bit differently than at the individual level. But definitely we can talk about that at another time. Um, And if anyone's interested, I wrote a paper on it. So um, (laughs) I'm happy to also (laughs) share the link to that. Um, And then the last reason that hope is healthy is sort of twofold. One it's because when people face barriers and stressors they're more likely to maintain their health and even promote their health in the face of those stressors because they have more positive coping mechanisms in the face of challenges so the first is that in the in the event that they face a stressor that can't be removed they have better coping mechanisms to actually face those challenges and they might take steps to actually improve um, their health or well-being, those pathways uh, they might engage in to actually like counterbalance those stressors or they they also have lower stress and lower burnout because they might actually just remove those barriers. So come up with pathways to get rid of stressors um, in their environment and actually remove them at the source. So when they encounter these challenges in their environment, they maintain or sometimes even improve their health And they also lower their stress and burnout in the face of those stressors because they either have better ways of coping or they just remove them entirely.
1: So to kind of summarize all of that, if I'm a high hoper, I'm doing better because I'm happy on the job. I feel committed to my company. And I'm also like managing my own health when I'm dealing with stress. I'm removing stressors. Um, if they come into my way, if I'm able to, and if I can't remove them, then I'm still doing something else to make myself feel better. So instead of getting stressed out and then just laying on the couch sad, I'm actually going to continue to do something else. So it's like, Oh, that stress was awful. I need to go vent with some friends. I'm going to go out and do that. Um, or that thing was stressful. How can I avoid that from happening again? And I figure out how to avoid it so then I can just let it go and move on.
0: Yes. So high hopers generally tend to be motivated to solve their problems and come up with a lot of ways to solve them and stressors are no different. So when I encounter a stressor, I'm going to try to come up with pathways to resolve it, whether that's by engaging in activities that sort of counterbalance that, like you said, like go hang out with a friend or whether it's like, let me just see if I can get rid of this stressor or decrease this stressor itself. So yeah, overall, um, hopers take action To create environments that make them happier, find environments that make them happier, and to deal with stressors in a productive way. And so they tend to have better well-being. So hoping is healthy. Um, And then the last piece, which is important and probably something your workplace would care about, maybe you care about too, is that hope makes you a better performer at work. So as you might imagine, based on what we've been talking about, high hopers tend to find ways around challenges in the workplace too. So when they're faced with problems, not only do they find that motivating and they try to take steps to really um, tackle those challenges and come up with a lot of different ways that they might do that. They're very persistent in doing that. Um, But they also plan for contingencies. They anticipate barriers that might be in their way and how they might get around those. And so when they hit those hurdles or obstacles, they've already thought about the fact that they might they're less depleted by them they're more likely to put plans in place that will help them to go around them or remove them um so overall high hopers tend to be better planners um they're better planners they have more complex plans they're more likely to execute on their plans to be persistent in doing that and that means they have better solutions to problems um And this is true even over and above the amount of something that we call self-efficacy, which I know you know what it is, but for uh, people listening out there, this is like your general sense that you can tackle problems at work or elsewhere is your self-efficacy. Even above the belief that you have the talents and skills to do something, hope actually helps you to be a better performer um, over the effects of just feeling like I know how to do my job and I feel like I can tackle this. There's something extra that hope gives you. So if you're highly efficacious, you say like I have the talents and skills to do this. Hope gives you something extra to say. And not only that, but I'm going to keep trying to use my talents and skills to solve these problems. I'm going to anticipate ways to get around challenges and I'm going to make sure that I get to my goal to the best of my ability because I think it's possible for me to do it.
1: Yeah. So I think about self-efficacy a little bit like confidence, right? So if I'm like super confident that I can do something, but then it goes wrong, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to keep doing it. That just means, well, I could have done it, but something happened and oh well, right? right? The hope is that extra layer that's like, well, I could have done it. So let's figure out how I'm going to do it. And I keep thinking of my wonderful Nordstrom seller, So she did not give up when ice cream was. Correct. You're right. She continued. Right. Built a software system. (laughs) And (laughs) and therefore she performed really
0: well because I'm sure she sold that software system for way more than the ice cream. Yes. Very true. Very true. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, uh, I think, you know, taking all of this together, what we can say is that if you want to be hopeful, you can't just say that you're hopeful or say that you have hope for things and reap the benefits of, the possibilities that you hope for, right? Or be confident that those possibilities will actually come to life. If you want the things that you hope for to come true, you need to actually be hopeful, which means you have to take action, a set of actions, to actually make your goals come true and continue to motivate yourself um, when you face challenges to believe that those possibilities are available to you. And if you do that, you'll be healthier, you'll perform better. And hopefully what you hope for will become a reality. I love it. Yeah. I'm just thinking like
1: practically, if I'm someone that isn't super hopeful, the first thing to do is to sit down and think about something that you really want. What is that goal? What do you want to accomplish? What are you hoping for in the, the lay sense of the term without actually putting an action to it, right? Like, what are you wishing? There we go. Wishing would happen. Now turn that into hope by thinking about, okay, so if I want this to actually happen, do I, do I believe it's possible, first of all? No, if not, why not? Why do I not believe it's possible? Like, spend that time and reflect on it. And then if you re- get to a point where you really believe it's possible, then it's time for you to start making your action plan. Start thinking about what are the ways you can accomplish that. And build your hope. And if just do it one thing at a time, right? And eventually you'll, you'll start to get better at it because it is something you can grow and develop. It's not just uh, something that some people are good at and other people aren't. You can do this. So pick one thing at a time. Build the practice of hoping, <laughs> if you will. And then and then you can see that
0: kind of continue to grow for you as a person. Yeah. Right? I think those are perfect takeaways. Um, reflecting on the possibilities making plans, anticipating those barriers, contingency plans, and then keeping at it. Um, And I think, you know, summing it up just kind of like you can't just wish for it. You have to work for it when it comes to hope. And so making sure that you're doing that and hopefully, (laughs) no pun intended, (laughs) uh, that will help you to get where you're going. Yeah,
1: I love it. I love it. This is a great topic. I think it's really... It's something that everyone can apply. It's not necessarily um, something that is specific to a group of people. Like, obviously, we you talked about how organizations do um, have the responsibility of making good jobs, blah, blah, blah. But as an individual person, you can build your own hope and get yourself on track to be a little bit healthier, a little bit happier um, in your surroundings. And you'll help yourself find surroundings that are better for you as well. So I think it's a really... Uh, fairly easy takeaway grab a notebook and start start working on it and you can get yourself to be that high hopeful person
0: yep exactly if you feel low hope right now you can grow your hope so um, that's a very positive thing that you're not born hopeful you can actually make yourself more hopeful today
1: I love it well thanks everyone for listening Um, Again, you can find us on our website, workerbeing.com, on social media, and also learn more about our community at workerbeing.com slash community. Thanks for listening. Thriving at Work is hosted by us, Dr. Patricia Grabarek and Dr. Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson.